Forgiveness is in the 
Yeah. Come on, a little bit louder. Come on. I believe. Cathedral of Faith, God is good, and all the time. Welcome to Good Friday at the Cathedral. We are so glad that you're here. When we celebrate God's great love for us, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. That's what we celebrate. I want to welcome all those who are watching online, those who are on site. Before you're seated, greet two or three people. Again, welcome, welcome to Good Friday at Cathedral. So great to have you here. 
If it's your first time at Cathedral, there's a card right in front of you at the chair, and there's a QR code on that card, and if you'll just scan that QR code, it's a great way to get connected to the church. We'd love to send you a gift. Uh, our appreciation for you being with us here today. I want to take just a moment out to, uh, to welcome, it's so great to have my friend, uh, fellow pastor in the area. He's got a great church, Garden City. Pastor Justin and his family is joining with us tonight. Justin, it's great to have you with us, man. So good to have you here. Tell you, if you're looking for a good home church, make sure you check out Garden City. Justin's an awesome guy. And so... A uh, couple of things I want to announce to you. First of all, Sunday is Easter Sunday. We'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have three services at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. It's a great time to invite an unchurched friend, family member. And if they won't come to church with you, if they said, if I walked into church, the roof would collapse then invite them to watch the television program on NBC <laughs> at 10 o'clock. We'll be bringing the message of the good news of Christ on NBC at 10 o'clock. So one way or another, let's pro proclaim Jesus this Easter season. Amen? Amen. And then I want to thank all of you who so faithfully support Cathedral, especially during this time of year. We go above and beyond in every way that we can to try to reach the Bay Area uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. And your financial support is greatly appreciated. Many ways that you can give. You can give through the app. You can give online. You can give through the text. Or you can hand the usher's envelope on your way out. But thanks so much for your faithful support. I am so glad that you're here tonight. Today at noon, we had an amazing service. God showed up in a powerful way. And I want you to prepare your hearts as we remember the glory of the cross of Christ. In John chapter 19, we read this. It says, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified Jesus and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So once more, let's go to the cross and discover its wonder, the meaning of the cross, the power of the cross. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all of those who are on site, those watching online. They've set a time, side time, to come and meet you in this moment. They've created space for your grace. And I pray that all of us, wherever we're at on our spiritual journey, would have a meaningful moment with you. Take us deeper. Take us further. Start with me, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. My title tonight is The Price is Right. And here's my opening statement. He came to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 6 says, This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, 
who wants all people to be saved, and he wants all people to know the truth. There is one God and one mediator so that human beings can reach God. That way is through Christ Jesus, who is himself human. He gave himself as a payment to free all people. Give him a hand of praise. <clears throat> the price was paid in full. Jesus did not purchase our salvation with money, land, or kingdoms. He offered himself as the atonement for sin. He paid the ransom for all. This speaks of the price paid for redemption. And it has the idea of an exchange of something for another. He did not make payments. He received the stamp on his receipt, paid in full. Come on, church. Paid in full. And Jesus, he offered his absolute righteousness in exchange for our sin. He became sin on the cross so we might be forgiven of sin and pardoned of God. We stood on the slave block of sin, hopeless within ourselves and ever, ever experiencing freedom. Jesus came and he offered himself as our payment. He purchased us from sin and he delivered us to God. Through what he did for us, we are declared as forgiven and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, starting tonight. <clears throat> so no longer can Satan keep us chained to our past, for Jesus has given us a future and a hope. <clears throat> the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life is a gift that cannot be earned, and you will receive that gift by faith. You are saved by faith. You are to live by faith. You are to walk moment by moment with faith. You cannot live for God by yourself any more than you can save yourself. It requires constant dependence upon him. Looking to the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit. He paid the price so you and I could have a life with promise. While the sinful life pays the wages of death, God's gift to those who trust him is eternal life. And notice the difference. We get everlasting life in the presence of the living God. <clears throat> wages, wages are something we work for. A gift is something we simply receive and then it belongs to us. Merely by placing my faith in Jesus, I can become a partaker of his life. I can have eternal life, and I will live it in an eternal home in his eternal presence. Come on, somebody. Come on. And to me, there is no comparison between what I had when I was lost and what I have now that I am saved. Thank God in Jesus, we are passed from death unto life.
thank you for your love. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your love. Your God is love. God is love. And we read in John these words, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Because you see, the cross is the window into the very heart of a loving God. God is love. I want you to freely receive it today. As we meditate on the meaning of the cross here on this Good Friday, I invite you to enter in and experience the fullness in his love, of his love in a way like never before because the cross is the demonstration of his love. You know, every culture has its words of wisdom called proverbs. You've probably heard of some of them. A picture is worth a thousand words or beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And, and there's some truth in there. The cross has inspired thousands of words and changed thousands upon thousands of lives. And who knew beauty in the eye of the beholder that the symbol of cruel death, the cross could become the symbol of love. But you know, some proverbs just don't work. Here's one. It's the thought that counts. Let me show you. Oh, son, daddy thought about playing with you today. Sweetheart, I thought about buying you flowers for our anniversary. God so loved the world that he thought about sending his son. It just doesn't work. When it comes to love, there is a proverb that does work, though. Actions speak louder than words. Amen. And that's what the cross is. The cross open up, opens up our eyes to see something about what the love of God really looks like and the actions that he took on our behalf. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, these words, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice what it says there. God demonstrates in the present tense. It's an ongoing demo that keeps happening every day and will keep happening tomorrow. You might expect Paul to say God demonstrated his love in the past tense. But no, it's in the present tense because the cross is this ongoing, continual, everyday, especially Good Friday, ongoing revelation, display, and expression of his love for us. God is love. Freely receive it. Now I'm going to read a few scriptures and I'm going to have you help me out. Whenever you see a blank, I want you to shout out your name, okay? Let's practice. Here we go. God loves. That's pretty good. This side needs a little more strength over here. Let's try it again. God loves. Okay, let's try. Let's go to John 3:16. God so loved that he gave his one and only son that would believe and not perish. God did not come to condemn but that might be saved. Amen to that. Well, let's go to 1 John 3, 16. Let's try this again. By this we know love, because Jesus laid down his life for? 
One more time, let's go to Ephesians chapter three. Being rooted and established in love, may I have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ for? God is love, freely receive it. But wait, there's more. God is love, freely give it. The greatest way we show what God is like is we love. God demonstrates his love on the cross and God demonstrates his love through you and me. Here are the words of Jesus to those he loved. In Matthew chapter 10, he says, freely you've received, freely give. I don't know you, but I'm so grateful (laughs) that when I come to Jesus with all my fears, all my issues, I come to Jesus with all my offenses, I come to him with all my sin and shame, I come to Jesus with all my pride. I come to him with my wounds. Here's what happens. He loves me. He loves me because of what he did on the cross. Aren't you glad he loves you for that? But then here's what happens. People come into our lives who have sin and shame and pride and wounds. And you know what our responsibility is? We demonstrate that love. We're so happy to receive it ourselves, but the scripture tells us it's us who freely received and need to freely give. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Michael. There's a scripture that I want us to do one more time and fill out the blanks, because not only is love something received, it's something we give. We're gonna look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to declare it, declare your name when we get to the blank. The greatest of these is love. Wait, wait, you you were all happy when it was about you being loved. This is about you loving now. Here we go. The greatest of these is love, is patient. You guys are dying on me here. You're supposed to say your name because this is what God wants you to be to demonstrate his love. Okay, here we go. The greatest of these is love, is patient, is kind, does not envy, does not boast, and is not proud, is not rude, is not self-sieving, is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes with me for just a moment and ask God to put someone on your heart who needs to know his amazing love. Someone he's brought to you. You thought they were the enemy when in reality, you're the means by which God wants to show his love. Lord, show us how to love like you've loved us. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Amazing love, how can it be that you, our king, would die for us? Amazing love, we know it's true. So it's our joy to honor you in all we do. We want to honor you. Thank you for loving us with all of our stuff. Show us how to love like you've loved us. In the name of the lover of our souls, in the name of the lover of all souls, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. The cross is the greatest demonstration of God's love. Freely receive it, freely give it.
Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. So on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sin. On the cross, Jesus demonstrated God's love for us. And on the cross, Jesus wins the battle. There's a cosmic battle that takes place. Good versus evil. I saw this one mouse who was going after a piece of cheese, and you can see up here, it's set in a trap. Do you think that helmet is going to help? We know how a mouse trap works. You set out the trap. You put the bait in the trap. The rat takes the bait. And then what happens? The rat feels something on the back of its neck. St. Augustine was one of the great thinkers in church history. And he said something very interesting. He said, the cross of Christ is the devil's mousetrap. Isn't that interesting? The 2,000 years ago, the trap was set. The bait was there. Satan and his demonic forces took the bait. It seems they didn't really understand what was going on in the cross. And so that's why behind the scenes, they're influencing the religious leaders and the political leaders. And they even put it in the heart of one of Jesus' inner circle, Judas, to betray him. Because they thought that the cross was going to mean victory for them. But were they ever wrong? The devil takes the bait and he puts Jesus on the cross and the devil feels something on the back of his neck. The foot of Jesus is on the back of his neck and crushes the head of the serpent. Can somebody say amen to that? We read this in Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. It says, Jesus disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly. He shamed them. Say that with me. He shamed them. Say it one more time. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them. Where? On the cross. The cross was not defeat. The cross was actually victory. The cross was the chariot that Jesus used to vanquish his foes. The cross was the throne that Jesus uses to rule the world. And when we put our trust in him, and you can do that even tonight, when you look to him, lean upon him, and identify with him, his victory becomes your victory. I'll never forget the day I took my oldest grandson to his first Raider game. Some people would call that child abuse. But in our family, it's a rite of passage. And so I took out a second mortgage on the house and bought a couple of decent tickets. And we went to the game. We painted our faces, went to the stadium. And did we ever have a great time? And the Raiders won. Miracle of miracles, the Raiders won. Doesn't happen very often, but it won that day. 
And so you know how it goes, the celebration after the game, we're all shouting, we did it, we did it, we did it. We did it? None of us were on the field. None of us scored any touchdowns or intercepted any passes. But somehow, by identifying with our team, we shared in their victory, we did it. On a more profound level, a much more profound level, the same kind of thing happens when we identify with Jesus. His victory becomes our victory. And so we can be victorious. We still experience defeat, but we don't have to go from one defeat to another defeat to another defeat. Instead, we can be victorious. Victorious over Satan, victorious over sin, victorious over circumstances. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Another translation says, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And another translation says, we are more than winners. We owe it all to Christ who has loved us. Hallelujah. And so I guess we can say to the serpent this evening, don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. Say that with me. Don't tread on me. Because I identify with Christ and he conquered you on the cross and his victory is my victory and you're under my feet too. Romans chapter 16, verse 20 reads this way. The God of peace will soon crush Satan. Where? Under your feet. Don't tread on me.
against me shall prosper. Don't tread on me. If you agree with that, can we stand and sing it? Say, no weapon. Declare it over your life. Formed against me. It's the word of God. Shall prosper. Yeah. Don't tread on me. Now look over your family and say, say no tread on me. We have authority. We have victory. Not just victory, but triumphant victory over death, hell, sin, and the grave. It has been said that you can tell a lot about a person by whom they follow. Not just who they follow, but how close they follow. The cross gives us an example to follow. Yeah, Jesus knew who would follow him, but not just follow him, follow him closely. You learn a lot about a person by how closely they follow who is in front of them. In Luke chapter nine, verse 23, it reads, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The person that you're following has vision. The person that you're following has a set of eyes. I want to leave with you tonight the reality of a vision of the cross-eyed Christ. The cross-eyed Christ. Before Jesus left heaven, he was cross-eyed. He had the cross in view before he put on skin like me and you. 
Jesus was born cross-eyed. The Bible says that the Gospels proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. The Gospels proclaim and the epistles or the letters explain. You say, well, what does it mean for me to take up my cross and follow Jesus? Paul answered it when he wrote to the church at Philippi. He said these words. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me do. And the God of peace will be with you. You and I are following the cross-eyed Christ. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, Christ also suffered, watch this, leaving us an example that we should follow, follow, follow his steps. Cross-eyed saints can be trusted with suffering. In fact, the people who suffer the best are people who are cross-eyed. Yeah, that's a good place to get. I don't know who it was, but that's a good place to give God praise. What does it mean then to take up my cross? To take up my cross means to identify with Jesus. We identify with Jesus in humility. We identify with Jesus in obedience. We identify with Jesus in suffering. We identify with Jesus in joy. And we identify with Jesus in victory. That's why we sing, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He brought me. He redeemed me with his great saving love. He led me there. I knew him and all my love is to him. That's why I follow the cross-eyed Christ. To follow Jesus means to get in line behind him like Mary and the disciples did when they obeyed Jesus' command to go to the upper room where they received power to boldly, compassionately complain or proclaim the cross-eyed gospel. You see, when you follow the cross-eyed Christ, you pick up the cross-eyed gospel. Jesus had the cross in view from the time that he was born. Before Jesus was sanctified, he was cross-eyed. Before Jesus was glorified, he was cross-eyed. Before Jesus was crucified, he was cross-eyed. He kept his eyes on the cross. So the person, the power, the purpose of the cross-eyed gospel says, admit, submit, commit, and transmit. Admit your need for the cross-eyed gospel. Submit to the will of the cross-eyed gospel. Commit in covenant to the cross-eyed gospel and transmit with compassionate passion the cross-eyed gospel. Admit, submit, commit, transmit, and don't quit. Jesus did not quit. It's not time to quit. It's time to finish. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You see the love of God, the compassion of God, the grace of God is transmitted amidst the storms of death and depression and brokenness and division and loneliness and turmoil and chaos and disease bringing calm to the storms around you. Jesus baptizes flawed believers with the Holy Spirit, flawed people like me to transmit his glorious truth.
so that when we go, as we're going, you come to see that the example that you're following, the first two letters in God, the first two letters in good, the first two letters in gospel is the word go. In Christ, we go with the good news of great joy for all people. We go, we glow, we grow. And Jesus said, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. As we follow the cross-eyed Christ, we have two bodyguards following us. One is called goodness. The other is called mercy. As you follow the cross-eyed Christ, you have two bodyguards following you so that a table is prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. You keep following the cross-eyed Christ. You admit, you submit, you commit, you transmit, and don't you quit. Keep following the cross-eyed Christ. He has a place for you and me. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now, 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 I am happy all the day. It's a good Friday. When you follow the cross-eyed Christ, it'll be a good Friday, a good Saturday, a good Sunday, a good Monday, a good Tuesday, a good Wednesday a good Thursday, and then another good Friday. Why? Because you follow the cross-eyed Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'll carry 
till I see Jesus. That's you. Can you stand with me and sing it? Say, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. Oh, Lord, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. No turning back The world behind me The cross before me The world behind me The cross before me seated with me for just a moment and we're getting ready to go to the Lord's table before we do I'm going to invite you to bow your heads close your eyes those on site those who are watching online if you would say Pastor Ken I know about Jesus I like Jesus I'm an admirer of Jesus I'm a fan that's why I'm here tonight but I've never really stepped across the line and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And tonight, I wanna to make that decision. 
Every journey, it starts with a step. And if that's the decision you're making this evening, I want to agree with you that this is your moment. And so if you're surrendering your life to Christ tonight, making a decision to become a follower of Jesus, will you lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Wherever you're at, God sees your hand. He sees your heart. God bless you. Up in the balcony, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Those watching online. Jesus, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for loving us like you do. Thank you for all of those who are making a decision to surrender their lives to your love, your great love, and declaring this evening, I'm not a fan. I'm a follower. And I thank you, all of us, Lord, are overwhelmed with gratitude for what you've done for us on the cross at Calvary. Thank you for inviting us to your table as we prepare our hearts for that moment. Again, God, we celebrate your great love. Oh, what a love. All God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise one more time for his amazing love. Amen. If you don't have the elements in your hands, the ushers are here to serve you. And our drama team is coming to take us back into that moment of the Last Supper. Passover meal with you. 
before I suffer. Or I tell you, we will not eat again together until we eat in the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Be the one who eats from this bowl. Rabbi, is it I? and eat for this is my body broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins do this in remembrance of me I just heard the news today it seems my life is going to change I close my eyes begin to pray Stream down my face with arms wide open under the sunlight. Welcome to this place, I'll show you everything with arms wide open. With arms wide open. I'm ready to be the man I have to be So I take a breath I take you by my side I stand in Hashem, take this and drink, for this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. This too do in remembrance of me. If I had it just one wish, only one
What a powerful moment. Would you stand with me, please? Take the elements in your hands. Jesus, we thank you today. Thank you. Thank you that your arms are wide open as we come to your table. And we celebrate your love. The bread that was represents your body that was broken for us. Because you were broken, we can be made whole. And we eat of the bread of Christ together. Jesus, thank you for the cup, your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins because you gave your life. We can have life, everlasting life, purpose in life, meaningful life, abundant life. We celebrate the life that we have found in you. Let's drink of the cup of Christ. Thank you, Lord. I invite you to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer we'll ever pray. Everyone say it with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, just a couple of quick things before I dismiss you. Thanks again for joining us on this Good Friday here at Cathedral. And we invite you, if you don't have a church home, come back Easter Sunday, 8.30, 10, 11.30. The celebration continues. Also, on your way out, please go by the stations that are out there in the lobby. And it's a great way to create memories out in the lobby on your way out. Let me speak God's blessing as you go this evening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And today, especially today, may you know how much you're loved by God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you to go.